Likuti Sikha is Chilik Tezboa, volume 15, the third Sikha for Parshas Vayishlach, and it's also Sikha for Yutes Kislev. This Sikha will explain the manner of the miracle of Yutes Kislev, and also what is the great accomplishment of Chsidis, the effect of Chsidis in the world. So just a few things to familiarize ourselves first with. There's a rule, a general rule, and the Rebbe was actually very big on this rule, that whenever there are more than one uh, interpretations, or perhaps sometimes it seems to be conflicting interpretations on the same matter in the Torah, it is obvious that because the Torah is all one, and it has to be everything has to be seamlessly connected, therefore there must be that if one actually looks into the matter, and one does the proper, so to speak, due diligence, one will find how to reconcile them, and how actually that they complement each other. Another thing to familiarize ourselves with, there is a special mitzvah on Friday afternoon as you get close to Shabbos, and it's called Toyameha, which comes from the verse that says, Toyameha Chaim Zochu, those who taste it, they merit life. And, they, and which means basically that one has to express their great excitement and anticipation for Shabbos by tasting some of the food of Shabbos on Arab Shabbos. Also, we know that the whole accomplishment of Hasidus, as was told to the Baal Shem Toif when he met Mashiach in the chamber of Mashiach up in Gan Eden, that he told him that he will reveal himself, he will come when your futsu secha chutza, when your wellsprings will be spread chutza to the outside. And there's many, there are many, many sikhs in the Rebbe where he explains the emphasis of your wellsprings and it be going specifically to the outside. Another thing to familiarize ourselves with, we know that there is a great difference in the spreading of chsidis between before, quote, before Peterburg and after Peterburg, which means before the Alter Rebbe's arrest and where he was imprisoned in Petersburg and, and interrogated, to after it. It means once Yutis Kislev came about, the redemption of the Alter Rebbe wasn't just another thing, but rather there was a whole turning point in the way even the Alter Rebbe himself spread Hasidis, although up to that point, up to that point, meaning to that point of the arrest, the Alter Rebbe was spreading Hasidis in a way, in a manner that was unprecedented. In fact, that was one of the um, issues that even his colleagues, meaning other uh, Hasidim, the, Has- the students of the Magid, had with him. Another thing to familiarize ourselves with, the difference between the two names of Havaya, Yutke Vavke, and Elikim. In general, they represent Elikim, we know is Begematria Hateva. It, the, the, the word Elikim has the same numerical value as the word Teva, Hateva, the nature, which means that this is a matter of godliness, as Hashem made himself be concealed within nature, and then you have a Vaya Yudkei Bavkei, which represents the conduct which is beyond nature, typically when there is a miracle that is associated directly with the revelation of Shem Havaya. And one more last, one last thing, when the, after the Alter Rebbe's liberation, Ayutas Kislev, he sent a letter, he sent several letters, but one monumental letter in which he described the uh, uh, greatness of the miracle in which he decided the powerful miracle that just took place and what it means. And the way he expressed it was in the following. He says, Hifli Hashem 
Vehigdil lasis ba'aretz. Hifli Hashem means Hashem did wonders. Vehigdil lasis la'aretz, and He did great things. Higdil coming from the word gadol, which means great in the earth. We'll see later how that fits in into the, in how that gets explained in the sicha. So going into the sicha, it says on the pasuk where it says vayivaser Yaakov levade, and Yaakov remained alone. Remember right before, and then the angel. Uh, K appeared, the angel of Esau, and he had the struggle. So there are many pirushim, there are many explanations, many interpretations as to what this means, Yaakov remained alone. But two of them, two perhaps prominent explanations is that the Gemara says that Yaakov remained there alone because he went back to collect pachim ktanim, which is literally small jugs, small little uh, um, dishes or whatever it is, uh, insignificant things, uh, although it was small, the Gemara explains why to Yaakov they were meaningful. In fact, Toysva says that this can actually be read into the words, it could be hinted, it's hinted in the words, instead of reading by Yivasar Yaakov Levadoi, that Yaakov remained Levadoi alone, you can actually, Vav and Chaf are interchangeable, so you can actually read it by Yivasar Yaakov Lechadoi, that Yaakov remained for his card, for his little jug. That's the Gemara. The Medrash says, however, that what is the meaning of Ayyavasar Yaakov Levada? Yaakov remained alone. That the, says the Medrash that just like by Hashem it says Veniskov Hashem Levadoi, it says in Yeshayo about what's going to be when Mashiach comes that Hashem will be exalted all by himself and alone, meaning he'll stand alone. So too Yaakov quote remained Levada, remained alone. So the Rebbe has, of course, discussed many times, whenever there's more than one explanation, one interpretation on a matter in the Torah, there has to be a connection between the two. So the question is, what is the connection here? In fact, if you take a glance at it, at least a superficial glance, it seems that they are actually two opposites. There's no way that they can connect. Why would we say that? Because when you say that he, if you say that he remained for small jugs, that means he remained for some, this, this is an indicator of some, that he had some connection to, so to speak, lowly and less significant things. And then when you say the other one from the Medrash, that he remained alone, this is tantamount to Hashem being alone, this is something of the loftiest and most significant matter. So the question is, how did they connect? And says the Rebbe, in order to understand this, let's take a look at events that occur during the time typically when we read Parshas Vayishlach. You see, the Shalom writes that all the Yom Tovim, all the festivals of the year, they are connected to the Parshas that coincide with them, that are being read in the same time that those festivals uh, occur. So of course it's understood that there has to be a special connection between Vayishlach and Yut exclusive. The question is, what is it? says, the Rebbe will understand the connection by prefacing a general introduction into what exactly is the meaning, what exactly is the accomplishment, the breakthrough of the revelation of Torah Sachsidus. Because the real question is, why now? If Chassidus is so important, why in these last generations was Chassidus revealed, and not in prior generations, when there were tremendously great Chachamim, like in the times of the Mishnah, in the times of the Gemara, and even later. So there are two general answers that I give. Number one, that because this is a time of Ikvesed the Mashiach, the footsteps of Mashiach, 
and the darkness in the world is so intensified, is so strong, therefore you need such a great light like Chassidus to be able to help to break through the darkness, to shatter that, um, that, that dark, he- he- that heavy darkness. That's one explanation that's given. Another one that's given is that it's similar to the halacha, which we said in, in the introduction, of that since, as the Ramban writes in the Chumash Bereshis, that shis alma, that the year is supposed to, the, the world is supposed to exist only six thousand years, and now we are in a time that is similar to the time of erev Shabbos, post midday, post chatzos, and therefore we have to quote unquote taste from the Torah of Mashiach, which is the Torah of Chassidus, which has revealed the inner secrets, the inner meanings of Torah. And therefore, now is a time to partake from that. Now is a time to sample that, to taste that. And therefore, we had the revelation of Hasidus now. So over here too, says the Rebbe, you see two extremes, two opposite extremes. In the one hand, you say it's the lowliest of times, it's the darkest of times. In the other hand, you say it seems that this is the loftiest of times. We're in a time that is so close to the revelation of Mashiach, we're like Erev Shabbos after Chatzais. How do you reconcile the two? How do you bring the two together? Says the Rebbe, the explanation of this is as follows. It's known that Yutas Kislev affected what was the accomplishment of Yutas Kislev? That the Ma'ayonois, that the actual wellsprings it's themselves should reach Chutza to the most outer, to the most outer parts of the world. What does this mean? What is the idea of your Futsumaynasecha Chutza? So the Rebbe says the emphasis is that not that the effect of the Mayonos, the fact of the of the wellsprings should should reach outside, but rather the wellsprings themselves should reach, should come, should arrive at the most outer parts in the world, and there, and there they should be in a manner not that they should be contained, so to speak, and hidden, but they should become spread out there in the world, that every single point of the chutzah, every single point of the outside, of the outer world, of the extremes, should be permeated with chassidus. With this is essentially connecting two opposites, taking the most inner mayonis, the most inner wellsprings, and spreading it to the most outer outside. Just like everything that there is in the world begins from Torah, in other words, whatever we see in the world, we see in Torah, so too, whatever happened by the Alter Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe, that that um, that the Alter Rebbe, that that um, he affected the world, also comes from and begins with Torah. What did the Alter Rebbe do? The Alter Rebbe was the first one to take and connect, to fuse together the two parts of the Torah, the two separate what was once a separate parts of the Torah, Nigla and Nistar, the revealed part of the Torah and the hidden part of the Torah. Now. Just like you have this idea of connecting the revealed and the hidden part in the Torah, so too we have it also in the person himself. In every person, there is the, so to speak, hidden part of the person, the concealed part of the person, 
the most inner part, and then there's the revealed part. The most concealed part is the inherent, the deep emuna, the faith that is there in every single person, every single neshama. A neshama has built into it emuna. But that's something that's very, very subliminal. That's something that's very, very deeply rooted in the neshama. And then you have the revealed aspect of the person, which is the person's intellect and the person's emotions, the person's actions. Now, it's true that up until the revelation of Chassidus, of course, that emuna had an effect on the people. In other words, of course, you can't say that up until the revelation of Chassidus, Amuna, the inner Amuna, didn't affect the people. Of course it affected them, but not in the same way that post the revelation of Chassidus. You see, what happened is after the revelation of Chassidus is that they took the most deepest aspects of Amuna that were in deep, deep in the depths of the Neshama and it, the, the Chassidus affected that it should become one, it should be unified with the total person, that his reality should be permeated, even his seichel, even his intellect should be permeated and appreciate the deepest ideas of faith. Now, this, so, so far we had the connection of the two opposites in Torah, the connection of two opposites in each individual, connecting their neshama, the, the most deeper inner secret part of the neshama to their most revealed part, their reality, so too, says the Rebbe, is also in the collective of Am Yisrael. This is individual Yid, and in the collective uh, of all Jews together, which really all Yidin are like together like one body. Where you see that in the past, up until the revelation of Chassidus, especially until the revelation that happened post Yutas Gislev, there was a divide. There were always the Roshay Alpha Yisrael, you had the leaders, you had the great Torah giants, but they were more secluded, they were more isolated, they were more detached, and they lived, so to speak, within their own world, they flourished in their own realm, but they weren't really connected to the people. They had an effect on the people, but from a distance. Came Chassidus and made a connection between the two. Then now there's a connection, and we see it, that you have a connection between the Rebbe and even the simplest of people, there is an active connection, there is an active unity that happens, something that didn't happen before. Now, we know, take it to another step, we know that Torah is like the Nisham of the world. We know that the whole world is built and designed according to Torah. So Torah is like the soul of the world, and therefore it's understood that just like, just as Yutas Kislev affected this chidush, this novelty in Torah, and in the neshama of each individual, and in the neshama of the collective of Am Yisrael, so too it also had an effect on the world itself. You see, from the world itself, if one wants to come to appreciate godliness, one wants to recognize Hashem, as far as the world is concerned, as far as the, the, what's available, so to speak, through the prism of looking through the Teva, the nature and the world, you can only reach an understanding and appreciation of godliness as it is melubosh b'teva, as it is, so to speak, garbed in um, nature, as it is concealed in nature through looking into what goes on in the world, through seeing all the beauty and all the amazing effects of nature, one can come to a recognition that, yes, there must be something that runs this show. There must be something that makes all this happen. 
but one doesn't come to a true recognition in the ultimate of godliness, which is Yud Kei which is Shem Hashem, which precedes and is greater than anything that's in this world, precedes this world, and is greater than anything that can be appreciated through the world. Of course, sometimes you see miracles, and the miracle does make like a breakthrough, and does give a certain um, expression of the name Yudke Vavke, because as we said in the introduction, miracles come for Yudke Vavke, but this is not coming from the world. This is shattering nature for momentarily. This is breaking through nature. It's a disruption of nature, but it's not coming from the world itself. What Chassidus accomplished, again, Chassidus is about fusing the two opposites together. What Chassidus accomplished is that in the world itself, you can have a revelation of godliness, which level of godliness? That level which in itself is inherently higher than the world. And to bring it down in such a manner that even the human intellect can understand it through various parables, to various um, metaphors that Chassidus brings and shows us how within the world itself you can understand godliness. Which godliness? The deepest levels of godliness. It says the Rebbe with all this will appreciate and understand now, have a, in other words, have a better appreciation for the expression that the Alter Rebbe uses in that landmark letter that he sent after his liberation. He writes over there that Hifli Hashem Vehigdilasis Ba'aretz. So the, 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 the explanation is as follows. Normally, the way Hashem runs the world, there are generally two, two matters. There is the matter which is Alpiteva, according to nature. Well, as we said in the introduction, we said it all along, where godliness is, con- is concealed. If anything, you can see the shame of Likim, but you cannot see shame Yudke Vavke. And then there is, when you have revealed Hashkocha Pratis, where you see Hashem directly involved, and it's obvious and it's evident, and there you see, in nature, you see a revelation of the oil of the light of Yudke Vavke of Hashem. However, in this latter one, you can actually break it down into three. In other words, in this miraculous conduct, in this revelation of Yudke Vavke, there are three ways that it can happen. You have times when it happens in a micro manner, meaning that there is Ashkacha Pratis, but you see it, so to speak, within the nature. It's kind of like camouflaged in the nature. Then there is, that's in a small scale, on a micro scale. Then you have a much greater one, a more elaborate one. I would call it the macro revelation. And that is that a miracle happens or a, you know, a revelation of such a magnitude that you see that it's above nature. But still, it is connected somehow to nature. It does have a relation because remember, when you say it's great, that means it has some relation. It has some whatsoever, albeit a contrast to something that's small, right? Big is the opposite of small. So when you say there's a big revelation, that is still something within the realm. It's just far greater than the small, tiny uh, visuals of Ashgach Pratis. Then you have a third manner where the miracle, it's like a pella, it's like a wondrous thing, hifli, it's in such a manner that it's totally beyond any connection, any means of nature. And the Rebbe breaks it down. These three manners are basically paralleled in the three types of miracles that we find in general. You have the miracle 
that is nes melubash beteva. That a miracle, but however it's camouflaged, it's garbed in nature. For example, the miracle of Purim, it happens through nature. That's one kind. That's like almost like a micro. Then you have revealed miracles, right? Revealed miracles are certainly miracles. It's obvious, it's clear, it's very elaborate. However, they typically have some kind of connection, or as the Rebbe uses the term, achiza, some hold on, na- on nature. For example, let's say the famous story when Bnei Yisrael entered Eretz Yisrael and Yehoshua, through blowing the shoifer and through miracle, toppled the walls of Yericha, which were unpenetrable. And they just came right down. So that's a miracle. It's obvious that the entry of Bnei Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael is miraculous. However, if you look at the verses preceding that, it describes how they had to fight a war. In other words, yes, it was a miracle, but it's a miracle that's somewhat connected to nature afterwards. I had some hold on nature, some connection, some relation to nature. Of course, it's a great miracle. Or the Rebbe brings a story that happened to Alter Rebbe, that there was somebody who was very ill, and he came to Alter Rebbe, and Alter Rebbe instructed him to eat a half a shmura matzah and drink it down with water, and he'll become well. It's obvious that shmura matzah has no connection to his illness, and that's what it's not. It was it was a miracle. It was a bracha. But still, the bracha didn't just happen without any whatsoever um, uh, physical natural uh, connection, natural natural interaction. In this case, Alter Rebbe told him to eat something. That's a second type of miracle. Then there is a third type of miracle. There's a miracle that has absolutely no connection even to nature. And that is, for example, which we find the story with Chizkiyo HaMelech, where he said, the Medjur says, he says, I'm going to sleep on my bed. I'm not even going out there. I'm not even going to engage in war. I'm not even going to maneuver my troops. And we're going to be victorious over the enemy just in a miraculous manner. This is a miracle that has absolutely no connection to nature. Says the Rebbe, this is the uftu, this is the accomplishment, this is, this is the, 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 whole, the, whole, um, the whole accomplishment of the, of the miracle of, of Yutas Kislev. That not only was it higdil Hashem lasois, that Hashem did greatness, which means it has a connection to, to, to nature, but moreover, says the Alter Rebbe, Hifli, it was a wondrous thing. It was beyond, it was a miracle that is beyond nature. It was both. It was a miracle that part of it that was in, 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 in clothed, concealed in nature. But then there was Hifli Hashem, that it was totally beyond nature, totally beyond any connection to Teva. But still, all of that, Lasis Ba'aretz. That it was Hashem did in the earth. What does that mean? Why did Al Tareb emphasize that? Why didn't they just say Hifli Hashem, Vihigdil Hashem? Because the whole purpose of Hasidus is, like we said before, to connect it, to take the two opposites and connect them. So the only true accomplishment is that it was something that was seen, something that was evident, something that was felt by Aretz in the earthly world. And the Rebbe Rashab once the Rebbe Rashab said. Where does the power to connect these two opposites, to fuse the revealed and the, and the secret part of the Torah together, that really the two opposites things, where does it come from? This comes from the fact that al Tarebbe revealed the etzem, the source, the essence of Primus HaTorah. Now since it's the essence of Primus HaTorah, it's the same essence of the revealed part of the Torah. It's like the soul of Torah. And therefore, once you reveal that, you can bring the two opposites together. Likewise by Yidin. How did 
Chsidis accomplished through the revelation Chsidis that that to bring these two opposites by Yidin, the most deepest element of Emunah, and to bring it in a practical manner that a Yid should be able to even understand it and, and bring it into his practical life, that's because he revealed the Etzim Hanisham, the Etzim Hanisham of the Yid. And likewise in the world. The world itself, of course, you cannot really expect from the world itself that there should be a connection, a fusion between, quote, the reality of the world to the, to the godly chayis that, that, that powers the world. However, chsidis revealed the etzem. Chsidis revealed the essence of everything. And therefore, there's able to be a revelation within the world of the chayis eloki, of the godly chayis, the godly energy, which gives energy to the world, which is really beyond the world. So the, the, the accomplishment, the uiftu, the, the whole uh, appreciation of your futsu minusecha chutza is that the mayones themselves should reveal themselves not only in a place which is, so to speak, compatible or predisposed to godly matters, but even in a place that is total chutza, that seems on the surface to be something that is maybe antithetical to godliness, over there to bring the, the um, revelation of the deepest secrets of the Torah, of the greatest uh, um, levels of godliness. That's also because by revealing the essence of everything. Now, says the Rebbe, we can understand the connection, that which we asked all the way in the beginning of the Sicha, the connection between the two explanations as to why Hasidus would reveal Dafka in these times. One is because, which seem to be two opposites. One because it's so dark, and the other because it's a taste of, of, of Mashiach. In other words, it's the, it's the ultimate of times. The idea is, by revealing the essence of Pnei Mesatera, you get the true appreciation of that. The true appreciation gets expressed specifically when it's able to illuminate the darkness. In other words, if this quote-unquote sampling, this tasting would have came in an earlier time when it's not so dark, it would not express the magnitude, the greatness of the revelation because it won't be an expression of etzem. In order to bring out etzem, etzem gets highlighted, the etzem of the secrets of the Torah gets highlighted specifically when, or exclusively when, it's able, it shows, it, it's able to illuminate the deepest level of darkness, the greatest level of, 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 uh, of Choshech. And this is why the Te'im, or the true taste, came now. Because now that there is Choshech, of course it's the greatest of times, but there is Choshech in order to, con- to show, to highlight the great revelation that there is. In other words, to make it really, really tasty, that real true taste, a true sampling of the deepest of the essence of the essence of the secrets of the Torah. And now we can explain and appreciate the original question in the Parsha, which when it says, which one, one, one explanation was, one interpretation was that he remained for his small jugs, and the other one was that it's parallel to Hashem being alone. That is the point. Because he is connected to the highest, that's why he was involved in the most smallest or what seems to be most insignificant things in these in this world, in matters in this world, because we know Avoidas Habirudim, the avoid of elevating Gashmias, the avoid of elevating the world is really the ultimate purpose, and this is the most 
significant thing, and therefore it gets expressed in what seems to be the most smallest and insignificant. That's where Yaakov, even to that lowest point, that's where Yaakov was cared about and was involved with elevating to Hashem.